So the fourth industrial revolution has been a hot topic of late among Korea's presidential hopefuls, busy coming up with economic pledges to create more jobs in line with the changing tide. But yesterday, the finance ministry expressed concerns that the new phase of this revolution could pose issues for employment and that our future will be decided by how we respond to this in the next five years. Let's now invite on the line Till Leopold, author of Future of Jobs, and the project lead of the Global Challenge on Employment, Skills and Human Capital at the World Economic Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me and good morning from Geneva. Um, I mean, the whole concept of this fourth industrial revolution was introduced for the first time at last year's Davos Forum. Are we already seeing its very real effects, though? Um. Yes, so th- that is correct. We, we indeed, we are, I think we already see um, that the rapid pace of technological change is already having quite a significant impact on the labor market. Um, however, so far, the story here is not so much about automation taking away uh, the jobs. It is actually much more about the faster and faster change in the skills that are required to do almost any job. For example, so at the World Economic Forum in this Future of Jobs report, we found in our own research that about 35% of the skills that you uh, will require to, to perform well in your job uh, by the year 2020 will be completely different from what they are today. And uh, so this is, is, uh, has quite a dramatic impact already for many people, for example, also for young people, because really around the world, many education systems still assume that you acquire a certain skill set that of once during your studies or early in life, and then that will serve you for your entire career. And we simply do not live in such a a world anymore. So actually, uh, more than sort of being concerned about all the jobs uh, disappearing and and the robots taking away the jobs, what we really need to do is uh, we all need to become lifelong learners and we need to do a much better job to prepare today's generation and also uh, the future generation for this new uh, world of work. Yeah, well, already uh, youth unemployment has been rising, including here in South Korea. Can we pin some of that down to being ill-equipped to deal with this new workplace? Yes, as, as, as I was just mentioning, I, I, I do think um, a lot of that is to do with the, with the way that legacy education systems, uh, you know, basically still prepare us for sort of a... We, we like to say at the World Economic Forum, we're basically going into a 21st century workplace uh, with a 19th century education system. So many education systems are still really equipped to prepare, you know, for sort of standardized, factory line work, that kind of model, and that is, of course, exactly the kind of jobs that increasingly are affected by automation. Um, The kind of labor market we're going into will actually require very human-centric skills, such as kind of creative problem-solving, empathy, um, teamwork skills like that, and uh, many education systems around the world are currently really not very well equipped to prepare people for that. And there are lots of people already in jobs who will be under threat. Can you give us an idea of what sorts of jobs uh, and how many will be replaced by machines and other forms of automation in the next few years? Mm-hmm. So there are actually uh, currently still very few jobs that could be automated completely, 100%. But what we are seeing is um, that many of the tasks that you're currently doing as part of your jobs are being automated. So meaning that, again, uh, as these tasks away actually the skills and what you will be doing uh, day by day on on this job will be will be very different in just a few years so uh, and the important thing to understand here 
is that that is quite independent of um, what we have traditionally thought of as kind of low-skilled work or high-skilled work. Basically, any task that, that sort of follows any kind of regular pattern can actually be automated quite easily and increasingly so with the, this uh, rapid advance of technology. So, for example, if you're a medical doctor, all your kind of diagnosis work um, might easily be automated. Um, but so then, of course, there is also an opportunity here so that, for example, um, in the medical profession, so as you sort of do not have to do this diagnosis work anymore, um, again, through, through skills such as empathy, you, you might actually spend much more time in actually helping your patients understand their condition and to cope better with their medical condition. So uh, I think, again, the, the, really the, the, the key thing here is this, this rapid change in tasks and in, in skills. Um, there are relatively few jobs that will just not be needed anymore. We are not running out of problems to solve in the world anytime soon. Of course, we have to remember it's the world that apparently wants this, wants a more productive, streamlined, automated series of systems. But um, you would also think intuitively younger people will eventually be the ones to benefit most. What are the implications for job seekers and employees in different age groups, despite what we said before about youth unemployment? Yeah, so I, I think there are uh, two messages for, for all of us. Uh, you know, no matter what age group we are, no matter whether we're currently a job seeker or in employment. So, as I already mentioned, uh, so I think one, we will all need to become serious about lifelong learning, about reskilling, about regularly updating our knowledge and skills. So, the time when that same skill set served us for decades is definitely over. And so, we will obviously need to take individual responsibility for doing this, but also employers and uh, governments will need to create mechanisms to support and incentivize that. And so secondly, uh, in this new job landscape, um, social skills and skills such as creative problem solving, as I mentioned, will also actually become more important as machines and technology can actually augment the work uh, that we do and, and kind of take away this, uh, this part of, of, of our job descriptions. Um, so you would think, and, and it's quite possible that younger generations have a certain advantage in this, they're, so to speak, born with, with familiarity with technology, digital natives, and so on. Um, but another big trend is actually uh, that due to uh, demographic change and increasing life expectancies, I think there was a report released uh, just this week that in, in, in Korea now, life expectancy will be something around, for, for, for people born today, will be something like 1990, 90 years of, of healthy life expectancy. And so actually increasingly what we will see as well is, is a multi-generational uh, workforce where really um, workers from quite different generations will work together. And so companies that uh, will manage uh, to, that, who manage that well and who manage to turn that into an advantage by um, creating an environment where different generations can learn from each other uh, will also uh, perform better in this new environment. So, so um, there's actually a, a really opportunity here for intergenerational learning and for uh, people learning from each other. And I'd like to ask about the possibility of a gender gap opening up. One would hope in developed countries that we'll continue to see progress as far as closing that gap is concerned. But there are obviously regions where education opportunities are already limited. And if education becomes further uh, advanced, are you concerned about that? Yeah, so uh, thank you for, for raising that. And that is indeed a, a concern that, that, that we're having. So, so obviously, uh, women are uh, 
50% of the talent pool in any country. And we are concerned that uh, some of this technological change might reverse some of the progress that has been made in recent years in terms of gender parity uh, at, at work and in the economy. So uh, we, the, the issue here is that so some of the jobs that will be most affected by this technological change, so for example, um, white-collar office, routine office work, so that is the work that around the world is actually particularly helped by women, but then at the same time, some of the uh, most and fastest growing job categories, so for example, jobs to do with technology, with, with computer science and so on, obviously uh, in many uh, countries have actually low participation of women. Um, so there's kind of this, this, this potentially this squeeze on the, on the female workforce on, 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 on both sides, so to, to speak. So, so um, uh, kind of the existing jobs uh, changing or going away and uh, women not being very well equipped to take advantage of the opportunities that are coming up. Um, and so this is, of course, a problem not just for the women uh, themselves that uh, will be affected by that, but also uh, for companies because uh, these jobs, for example, in the IT industry, are already today seeing these massive uh, skills gaps and skill shortages, and that will only become more severe if you're not even using half your uh, talent pool. Mm. So to correct this and to reverse this, what we will really need to do is, is uh, have much uh, bigger efforts uh, to, to promote women in so both at, at the education level to go into science to go into technology and then also to to sort of understand the current barriers that women are facing to actually uh, enter these careers so careers such as engineering and and computer science I said at the outset that what we're seeing at the moment is this political movement towards making lots of promises in the job market with the fourth industrial revolution serving as the backdrop. And a report by the World Economic Forum on Employment Trends states that ultimately it is our actions today that will determine whether that change mainly results in massive displacement of workers or the emergence of new opportunities. Can you elaborate on this with some advice for policymakers listening right now? Sure. So in, in, in that piece of research, uh, we, we found that actually the next five years will be really critical for what happens in, in all of this. So as we transition currently into this new labor market of the fourth industrial revolution, we, we have an opportunity uh, to prepare uh, for, for, for this new situation and to take adv uh, adaptive action now. So, for example, such as putting in place the cornerstones for much better lifelong learning and reskilling systems, um, for, for, for e equipping people to, to prepare for this. Um, and so there's really an enormous opportunity here to make this fourth industrial revolution work for everyone. But uh, if we sleepwalk into it, um, then these consequences could be unfortunate. Uh, so um, the first thing really is that government, business, and all of us individually need to be really aware that this is uh, happening. This is, is happening now, and we are in this transition phase, and, and the, the, the time uh, for action is, is now. Well, we thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, one final point, though, to raise that we might uh, consider going forward in the future is Bill Gates stating that a robot tax should be introduced to temporarily slow the spread of automation and fund other types of employment. Can we just get a final thought for you on that idea? Sure. Um, yeah, I, th I think Bill Gates uh, was saying that actually uh, just last week or so. Um, so I think the point is not obviously to slow down technological progress, but rather to ensure that our economies and our societies are really prepared for it. 
So some new kind of financing mechanism that could, for example, uh, be invested into something like a national reskilling fund to prepare people for this could, could be a great idea. Mm. Um, what, what really matters here is the, the, the outcome of such efforts and to make sure that, that nobody is left behind and that everybody is prepared for this new world of work. And, and that is what we need to work out. Again, great to have your expertise. Till Leopold from the World Economic Forum. Thank you. Thank you very much and good day. Our lines are open for response to this right now. Are you already under the threat of uh, the job market changing beneath your feet or are you reskilling yourself? Tell us your experience, Poundersharp 1013 for 51 per message.